everybody. Welcome back to our dear listeners, and welcome to the Catholic Traveler podcast, the daily edition where we are taking you through the Station Churches of Rome for Lent. Hi, Mountain. Hi, Joni. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm fine. Just locked in my room here because we can't go outside. Yeah. And it's kind of a dreary day, cloudy. Oh, it's cloudy here too. Oh. But I can go outside. I mean, I guess I can. I can go outside. I was going to say, it's you can go outside more than you could go outside this time last year. It's like a lockdown light. There's all kinds of people yeah. outside. I just feel so do you weird. Think, do you think that's why they only played like five seconds of your Today Show clip? Because you had a different narrative than they had? Um, I mean, they were like, this time last year. And then <laughs> basically said, the same thing's happening now. But you are like, well, you know, it's getting better. And they didn't want you to say it was getting better. They wanted to tell you, say that like people were dying in the streets. People like the drama. Yeah, no, they, I mean, it It was a little clip. So I think I yeah. said some other stuff that was kind of dramatic too. They just... Oh. Well, it was exciting. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was like a 60-second clip covering all of Italy being locked down. So the fact that that's I got true. like five seconds of that, that's pretty cool. And it said that's Catholic. a pretty big percentage. It said Catholic yes. on the Today Show. Yes. Not yes. bad. And we got at least one listener, we think, from it. So welcome, new listener. A few, actually, but yeah. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so welcome to our new listeners who may be tuning in because of that Today Show clip. If you have missed we the previous episodes, you can go back and listen to them in the archives and find out what a station church is and why the heck we are going through these random churches in Lent. So today's church is a favorite of mine. It's okay. Yeah. The church historian in me really loves this church. I can see that. Yeah. So It's a big deal. So where are we? Uh, we are today, it's near St. Mary Major. So if you're at St. Mary Major, it's behind you. You walk a few blocks, it's to the left. If you continue down that street, you'll end up at the Colosseum. So it's kind of in a part of town that a lot of people at least go by. Um, but this is San Martino e Monti. So St. Martin in Monti. This neighborhood is called Monti. So that's what that is. So it was dedicated to Martin of Tours. It was um, built, well, so it's originally a titular, um, a priest named Aquitus, Aquitus, sounds right, maybe. Um, And so it, it was a house or land belonging to him. So it was a house church, like so many of the station churches we have. And so the original church was built by St. Sylvester, and then when it was restored, it was dedicated to St. Martin of Tours and Pope St. Sylvester. Um, and then there's also, I think more than Martin of Tours, I think of Pope St. Martin, who's buried in under the altar. So there are a lot of saints attached to this church. Right. And quite a few popes buried here, or yes. at least relics of them. Yes. And several popes had this as titulars, which is interesting. We've talked before about how certain churches seem to produce a lot of popes out of their titular cardinals. And so three of the cardinals have become popes. And another one is fairly well known, St. Charles Borromeo. Yeah, that's right. Lots here. Yeah. Um, Kind of like we're talking about the location. Um, I was just thinking about a, a memory that I've had from this church is it's surrounded by like a lot of the churches in Rome, they have they back up to blocks, maybe don't have access to the back or the sides. Um, this one has three roads going around it, so you have access to three sides. 
And so there's a back entrance and a front entrance. And we've talked about the uh, visiting the altars of repose on Holy Thursday. Not doing this year, maybe. Um, and so this at this church, every year they have candles leading up the back steps that go into the church. And then the church is all lit by candles. And they have Ooh. kind of a pathway that's just candles leading up to the altar of repose. And so it's one of my favorites to visit on Holy Thursday. Wow. Um, just because of that. So the main entrance is in the front and there's like a tiny little piazza. Um, but the back is looks old and like some kind of rickety marble steps going up to the back. So it's really cool to see that lit up with candles and then to go into a candlelit church. So again, that's if you're awesome. ever in Rome for Holy Thursday, altars of repose, that's going to be your highlight. That's awesome. So that's yeah, a, that's and a it's happy in memory. A nice I have neighborhood, here. like yeah. And it's it's not hard. Like it's in a pretty happy, you know, happy. <laughs> I was thinking you said it's a happy memory. It's in a nice, you know, part of town that, you know, it's around other stuff. Right, exactly. So, so it's not hard to get to that on Holy Thursday. Yeah, a few of our station churches are over here. And like I said, the Coliseum's not far. So yeah. And you were talking about on Holy Thursday that traditionally you would like to go to St. John Lateran and then hit up all the churches around there. So a lot of people do that. So this is kind of on that path. But maybe you missed it. Did you miss I this? I did. Yeah. I did. Next time. I think I've only been here for station for station masses, I think. That's the only time. Um, in fact, it was funny when we went. So I've mentioned before when I lived in 05, when I lived in Rome in 05, there would be a small group of us from our college that would wake up that early and go to the station masses. And with our, one of our professors who loved the station churches, and he loved that we loved them. So he would always take us and he would read us the Italian newspaper on the way to the on, in the metro and he would help us study for tests. And it was great. And um, so we got off at Termini for this church. And we saw Mary Major, because when you get off at Termini, if you come up the right way, Mary Major's right there. Well, previously, every other time we've taken the whole group to Mary Major, we got off at Republica, the stop before, and had a much longer <laughs> walk to St. Mary Major. Yeah. So I remember when we got off at Termini, we're like, oh, Mary Major's right there. What have you been holding out on us? Why did we walk so far? But it was because he didn't want to take a group of, you know, tons of college kids off at Termini and get somebody lost, Right. right? But for some reason, this station church reminds me of that experience, that it was that morning, and we're like, you've been holding out on us and making us walk. Anyway, so the church is right in the middle of everything. Like, you can get there pretty easily. The reason... No, go ahead. I I was about to say, what is it you love about this church? (laughs) (laughs) So um, there's a few really important historical moments in the the Catholic Church that took place here. So I mentioned that St. Sylvester restored it, um, or built it, restored it, and dedicated to St. Martin of Tours. But he actually presided over a diocesan council with Constantine at this church, and they had preparatory meetings for the Council of Nicaea here. So huge moment in the church when the, the Council of Nicaea declares the Arian heresy a heresy, condemns Arius, declares our belief in in the divinity of Christ and the humanity of Christ. So those words we say every Sunday, part of them come from the, the Council of Nicaea, um, and declaring our belief in, in, the, in the two natures of Christ. And so um, the first time the Nicaean Creed was professed publicly was here in this church after the Council of Nicaea. Um, and so it was proclaimed for the first time, I guess, in Rome. It was probably proclaimed at the council, obviously. But the first time it was proclaimed publicly in Rome was in this church, and they, they burned the 
heretical books of Arius and Sibelius and other her- heretics. So it was it's a huge moment for the church, something we read about in history books. We don't stop to think about where it took place and it, you know, that that's a huge moment. So that took place in this church. Um and they still have a lot of relics of St. Sylvester here. They have his mitre. Um, when we went to the Station Church, so we had, when we did the Station Church pilgrimages, we had these little red books that the North American College used to sell talking about the churches. And I bet the churches kind of hated the fact that we all had these books because we would read about the church and then we'd want to see stuff. And so I remember my friend Marisa really wanted to see the mitre of St. Sylvester because St. Sylvester was really the first Western pope to wear a mitre and so they have it there and she asked to see it and they were like oh we only bring it out for his feast day but they were probably like darn girls with your red knack books like you know all this stuff and now you want to see it but um but we did on the station church day get to see the excavations under the church which are quite extensive it's the largest preserved assembly hall really under the church to exist um but there's also the remnants of the house church. And so the excavations are huge. This assembly hall, I think could have held like 400 people or something crazy like that. But then there's also the house church. Um, and so there's, there's a number of rooms you can kind of walk through. So after the, after the station mass, they'll open up the excavations. We had to walk down this really slippery staircase and go down into the excavations and we gallivanted around and it was really cool. Um, and I saw George Weigel that day too. So you can tell I've been reading my Rome journal. I know all these random tidbits. <laughs> yeah, the excavations are the excavations are really cool because it it's like a it's like a whole building down there. Yeah, and yeah. It is. I a, mean, it's huge. Yeah, like vaulted ceilings, mm-hmm. huge Some rooms, frescoes, and even within the main part of the excavations, there's even a stairway that leads down even further. I've never been down that one. It's kind of blocked off. Maybe some people have. Um, so yeah, it's huge and it's, it's really nice on a summer day cause it's cool. Yeah. But it's really, it's, it's interesting to see all the layers of Rome. Um, like yeah. we can at some of these churches and especially on their station days when they open up areas that are usually off limits. Yeah. And to really see the roots of the station churches, you know, to realize, okay, we're saying that it's the titulus, you know, the house that belonged to this priest, but let's go see the house. <laughs> it's not just something we talk about in history books. Now we're in the house that this church was built on top of. And so you really see the roots of the station church tradition. Yeah. So I had mentioned that I had a, a memory of this church for after the lockdown ended. So as you know, and probably the listeners do as well, I do day pilgrimages around Rome. So they're basically tours of churches and my last one was in, I guess it was February of 2020. Um, but after our lockdown ended, there was a priest here in town, um, Monsignor Luke Sweeney. He was kind of the pastor at the English church here in Rome, uh, Santo Spirito. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was about to be transferred back to the U.S. So if you're here for work, a lot of times you'll stay for at least five years, and then the Pope can send you home after that. Um, and I can usually pick up on that because people start to do their farewell tour, which I, I don't <laughs> oh. know that they call it that, but that's where they, oh. you know, they go to favorite churches or they hit up their favorite restaurants. And so I noticed that um, Monsignor Sweeney, so he's in the Diocese of New York, if anyone is up there, um, 
but I noticed he was starting to go to a lot of museums and some churches most people don't visit. He was posting them on his Facebook. And then he he wrote me and said, hey, I would like to do one of your day pilgrimages. And kind of like I said yesterday, how you intimidated me when I first met you, um, this is a guy who lived in Rome, worked at the Vatican. He also studied the NAC. So I was like, what am I going to show him that he doesn't already know? You know? <laughs> but I was like, sure, of course. And so that's kind of my one bit of work that I've done since uh, the whole lockdown started. But um, he wanted to see St. Mary Major and then just a couple churches around there. And so I took him to Santa Persede, which we're going to go to during Holy Week. And I mentioned that um, Our Lady Perpetual Help, the original icon, is in a church nearby at San Alfonso. And he had never seen that. So we went over there and he has a devotion to that icon. So that was exciting. And then we we're I was kind of thinking about where else I could take him. And I was like, oh, right over there is San Martino. And he was like, oh, I've never been there. And I was like, oh, well, let's go. And so I took him into the church. And of course, he loved it. And we went down into the crypt. And the crypt was actually closed because a lot of those things have been closed since the lockdown. Um, but it was just the two of us and then the sacristan. And so Father went over and was talking to him just about the church. And the sacristan said, oh, we have a crypt if you'd like to see it. And so he like walked us down there, turned on all the lights, like unlocked the door. And so we were just down there by ourselves. So that was really cool. But then when we came out, um, I was kind of telling him about the church. And I said, this is the first place that the Nicene Creed was proclaimed in Rome. And he was like, oh. And then he noticed on the wall, there's a fresco of the of it taking place. And there's this big um, like marble plaque that's has etched in like the words and everything. And it's explaining, you know, when it happened, like you said, Constantine and Pope Sylvester and all this. And um, he said, we should pray it while we're here. And so then we prayed the Nicene Creed, like where it began in Rome. And that was a really cool moment because like I said, I'd been, out of work, had no interaction with people outside of social media or my family. And it was like a special moment to be in this church, a place he had never been. I didn't think I was going to show him anything. And then to be praying the creed with him just there in this church all by herself. So that was kind of a highlight for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I'm kind of speechless. That's a, that's great. Well, I mentioned the frescoes. There's also there's a, a landscape painting in here that has Constantine's St. Peter's Basilica and an early version of what the Lateran would have looked like. Yeah. So they didn't have photographs back neat. then, but you can see like frescoes of what early Rome looked like, like in this church. Medieval times. Yeah. Yeah. That those those are really neat. Like a little glimpse of what medieval pilgrims would have seen. Right. Because the Lateran's changed. We talked well, we haven't really talked about that because we haven't talked about the Lateran yet. Right. But it's yeah, a neat glimpse into that. Well good. Well you should have asked the Sacristan to see Pope Sylvester's mitre. But next time. You know, I think I think that we did. Oh. That's we, the beauty of Rome is that there's so much that you're like, yeah, maybe I saw that ancient thing. I don't remember. Was that what we asked for? We either asked for that or somebody's chair. His his papal throne is there as well. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So his mitre and his papal throne. Yeah, that's why um, we, that's why we went into the sacristy because okay. we were well, looking awesome. for something, 
And so yeah. father asked him, and then if I, I don't think we saw it though. Like maybe he said it's, I don't know. But then he said, come downstairs. Nice. Like I'd been in the crypt a few times, so I knew about it, but it was, it was yeah. kind of cool to have it's, it open just for us. Just for you. Yeah. So, and in the crypt there, Mountain had said there are lots of popes. There's like seven other popes buried in the crypt as well. So, um, you know, you just think of the popes being in St. Peter's, but they're actually scattered all about, yeah, all about Rome. All I mean, they're ones Rome. you've never heard of, but that's okay. They're still popes. Yeah. You could find them in, on the mosaics of St. Paul outside the walls, I'm sure. That's right. They're, they're all there. there. Except for yeah. Pope Joan. No Pope Joan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if if so. this is new to you, we've talked about Pope Joan in previous <laughs> yes. previous shows. Yeah. She she didn't exist. Right. It makes a good story, I suppose. So that's San Martino. Yep. Go yeah, visit another it. one of those churches that's amazing but is hidden and most people never see it. So yeah. So I mean, find it. Everybody well, I think we've said most people go to St. Mary Major. So if you come to Rome, you go to St. Mary Major. Right by St. Mary Major, you have Santa Pudenziana, which we visited. Was that last week, I think? Santa Persede is basically right across the street, which we're going to visit Holy Week. San Alfonso, where the original Our Lady of Perpetual Help icon is. We're not visiting that because it's not a station church. And then this one, they're all within like basically a five-minute walk of St. Mary Major. So just extend yeah. your time there a little bit and go visit all these churches. You know, on our trips, we usually just go to Santa Presede and St. Mary Major. Um, and so I'm deciding that on our next trip, we are going to go to San Alfonso and Martino too. How about so Pudenciana? We're going to make the people walk. Pudenciana. And, and Pudenciana. We've gone yeah. to Pudenciana before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anybody who wants to go on a pilgrimage with us, we're going to be hitting these churches. Yeah. So the, these are churches I see a lot, but I think since we've been doing this show every day and like I've been to this San Martino maybe five or six times, but a lot of these churches that I've only been to a few times talking about it with you and to the listeners, it makes me think like there's so many amazing treasures at these churches that could easily be added to itineraries, pilgrimages, because I mean, you could go to this church and just, 15 minutes. I mean, it's not like you're going to spend three hours here or something. So, you know, we definitely need to add some more stops. I mean, we already hit up a lot of off the beaten path churches. We do. We do. Yes. But there's so many more. So tomorrow's church is kind of in this neighborhood as well. Um, So stay tuned. It is another American titular and in this area, but you've probably never been there. Nope. I've been there a few times. I've, I've been, been in twice. I've been inside exactly one time and that was the other day. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. I've been to the outside a few times, but then it was closed, so I couldn't make yeah. it in. Well, tune in tomorrow to find out what we're talking about and tomorrow's station church. And it's a big it's a big feast tomorrow too. So Is it? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can't keep up with my days. I know, it's hard. Okay, everybody. Well, ciao, ciao. Ciao, Joe. Ciao, Mountain. Ciao, people.